My name is Danae Reed, and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom, Really? Which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure, and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself, and I can try that they are telling the truth just as much as I am as it feels right for them. Also, noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering, we have included a six-minute cool-down meditation by Liliana Rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure. And this soundscape is brought to you by Scott Reed Jr. Hey guys, my name is Danae, as y'all know by now, and this is my podcast, Damn Mom, Really? Which essentially is a space where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. And as always, I'm super fortunate to have somebody here with me who I feel like, you know, we'll be able to have a really conducive conversation, hopefully learn from each other and teach you guys as well. Because, you know, in my process, I've learned that there's a lot that I don't know about grief um, that I'm still kind of coming to terms with and coming to grips with. And there's a lot of people, like surprisingly, that I've come in contact with who um, were initially in the same boat as me or maybe even feel that way now. But without further ado, I want to welcome my third guest of the show, Miss T Talk slash Tiana Heath, who is just this amazing individual. I mean, she does everything. She does hosting, mentoring, has interviewed so many people. Um, and we actually were able to come in contact because of um, the unfortunate circumstance that we both can relate to. So um, Tiana, without further ado, though, do you want to just introduce yourself, tell the folks a little bit about you? Hi, today I'm so happy to be here with you today to talk about matters like this because it's, we need to talk about it. Yeah. So you gave me a, the beautiful introduction. So yes, I do hosting. I've been doing hosting. I have a show called Tea Talk for the last 10 years. And then I have another show called Missing on Long Island. So I help those people who are missing and victims. I am this media maven girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm the, the media maven, created the T-Talk network, and I, you know, just pushing and thriving in through that, you know, that realm, and red carpet, hostings, it's, that's all me. So that's what I've been doing, and for, for quite some, for, you know, my whole life, basically. I love to be in front of the camera. So that was literally me. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I've been, you know, doing. And then I love how you brought up the mentorship because that's something new. So I wanted to, you know, put my skills in and give the the youth and people who are coming up um, interesting takes and how to sh- start their own show, what to do, how to execute. We are, I always say we're in the digital age, so it's very important to execute and make sure that we have these cohesive shows and shows that matter. Mm. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you on that one. And knowing that about you, I'm really honored that you decided to come on this show. Let's get right into it. Tiana, I know that you recently came, you recently came up on the one year mark of when you lost your mom. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about how you're feeling. Um, One year mark has recently passed. So I've been feeling, uh, I I do go to grief support groups and I can't wait till we get into that. And, and, you know, you'll, you know, we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. But as the year approaches approach I was kind of like scared I'm like how am I gonna feel am I gonna be depressed am I gonna not wanna like you know but I just kept reliving that moment 
So when I woke up that day, I relived that day. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think like I would I would be that way, but grief is different. You feel different every single day. Yeah, so when I do. woke up, I'm like, oh my God. Like I went right to the gym when she passed away. So I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I still made it to the I still made it to the gym. I was I worked out, you know, the year after. Well, you know, this that that just passed. Mm-hmm. But it was like a feeling of I was sad. I didn't cry. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those, like numb feelings like it's been a whole year like and 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 even in it's so crazy because talking about it it being the one year I'm actually I don't drink anymore I stopped drinking okay and um I ought like out of nowhere I stopped drinking I just was like I'm not drinking for a long time that's what I just said just stopped I don't know but I want to make it a counter like I have an app and then the hundred days was the year I lost my mother and I'm like no no way I said she's here there's no I Tanegra, I said, there's no way. If I would have said October 15th, if I would have said then, it wouldn't have been that 100th day. So that 100th day, I was, like, celebrating, like, I want to celebrate her life and, like, sobriety and stuff like that because I wanted a clear a clear mind through this through this grieving process. That's that's one of the reasons why, like, I stopped drinking. I was like, why don't you drink? I'm like, uh, I don't want to lose myself. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the serendipity in that moment that things kind of line up. I've noticed that a lot for myself too, that things feel like they align really strangely in a way that I didn't necessarily expect them to. And in a way that makes me feel like my mom is here. So can we talk a little bit about, a little bit more about what that moment meant for you? Like when you realized that they align, what was the first thing that came to your mind? The first thing that came, I threw my phone across the room. I swear. I said, whoa. Yeah. I said, no way. Because I didn't plan it. I knew that it was going to be the 100 days, like th- like two and a half months into me not drinking. And I'm just like, oh, she's right here. Like, she's probably, I don't know what it is. You know, people have different beliefs about the afterlife or spirituality and stuff like that. But I believe that um, our mothers are here looking at everything that we've been doing. And not even just that. And I had a conversation with her, like, before she passed or whatever. I was like, Mommy, I want to be on red carpet. Ma, I want to do this. Right after she, I was on red carpet for the first time in my life, Netflix. Mm. So just to see, like, just to feel, like, just to have things happening in those realms of what I want, I'm like, that is the greatest angel I could have. Wow. And so prior to losing your mom, what was your understanding of grief or the spirit world or having spirit guides in that way? Right. So right before um, my grandmother passed away, so that's how I got some sort of, like, some sort of like whoa I saw my mom lose her mom so when I seen that and my mom wasn't the same it was 10 years my grandmother passed away 2012 okay right when I was in college mm-hmm. my mom passed away 20 2022 so they were 10 right 10 years apart which is crazy yeah um but uh my grandmother passed away two months after I started t-talk and I saw grief I would if that was out of nowhere either they both passed away out of nowhere so that was like Oh wow! Like I was very close to my grandmother, and I was so young. I was eighteen at the time, but um, I've seen how it all. It was made. I was like, "Well, we're not. We don't talk about death enough. We're not. We don't grieve enough." But that death, I took way. Like I was drinking every day. Wow! I was like, yeah, like my my grandmother passed away. I was drinking every day. Like you couldn't even. You couldn't tell me 
I didn't care. I was like, I don't care. I was 18. Yeah. Under eight, I'm like, oh man, why, what am I doing? Like I was in college and, you know, being in college and just being under stress and stuff like that and seeing my mom grieve and my grandfather grieve and, and you know, my siblings and cousins, it was just kind of hard. And that's how I understood. Like my mom did not, my mom physically was like, I really don't, I can't, I don't want to be here because my mom's not here. Mm. So she wasn't like that strong enough then to even cope with the loss of her mom. And then now I'm 28 living that. So weird how, how that how that mirrors in. Wow. So, you know, you're talking about how after you lost your mom, she, I mean, I'm sorry, after your mom lost her mom, she was never the same. Now you're in the same boat. Do you feel remnants of that like existing within you? Do you have you found a way to start feeling whole again? Or do you think that it kind of mirrors what your mom experienced when she lost her mom? I feel like it's I I don't I, see and this is with, with grief. You never you just never know. I can feel like that in five years from now. Yeah. Or with big accomplishments when I my wedding, my kids, my children, things that she can't see. I might feel that way now, but now I feel like whole. I feel um, it's, it's, it's some it's some numbness um, in, involved um, in the feelings that I feel. People will be telling me like, oh my God, Tiana, you don't show your feelings. I'm like, ugh. Like at the funeral, I didn't, I did not cry out once. Mm. I was just like there, just existing. People were looking at me like, you're crazy. But I just, it's just, I don't know. But there's days where I'm like, oh man, like I can go to her for this. I can go to her for that. But I'm glad that I have the strength to take strength to breathe in and breathe out and not to think about like bad like really like bad things it's 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 hard you you know girl you i i just want to say um i agree with that completely um and and to your point it is interesting the way that grief works because i had like a panic attack right before my mom's funeral i was crying you know i really thought that i was gonna pass out and then when i got when it got time for me to speak something in me just kind of like made me show up for myself. There was no tears and I felt a lot of strength in that way. And I think that a lot of it is pulled um, from my mom. I think that that's kind of where that comes from for me because I really don't know how I make it through every day. And I think it's so interesting talking to just different people about their grief experiences and, and, and grieving and how that looks so different for every person. Because for me, like there are some days where I feel great. Right. And then there's other days where I'm just like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to exist. I'm just counting down the time until I don't have to be on this earth anymore because I want my mom. Right. Exactly. Um, I know this is your, this is your podcast, but I do have a question for you though. Absolutely. So, um, cause I, I just wanted to know, do you sometimes feel guilty for being happy? I definitely feel that way. And it's funny you asked me that question because I was thinking about that earlier. Um, and it's like kind of a double edged sword, right? I'm happy for certain things. And, um, because I know that my mom would want me to be happy and I'm happy for myself, of course. And then there's other times where I'm just like, I hate when people use the terminology move on because it's not something to move on from, from my perspective, it's something to move forward from. I do feel very guilty. Um, like the, the longer it's been since she's passed and the more I've continued to live my life, I do definitely feel a lot of guilt about that because it's in my head, it's like me and my mom are as close as two people can be. And for me, it's like, how do I continue to exist 
Why do I continue to want? How do I continue to show up? And the person that I love the most is not here. So I do feel a lot of guilt around that. And my, like your situation, mine was sudden as well. Um, And I'm not going to get into the nuances of that because I want to learn more about you. But because of that, I have survivor's guilt. Like there's a lot of guilt that I feel like exists within me. And so it's funny you asked me that question because I've been thinking about that so heavily lately. And, And, you know, I'm in therapy. And again, like you said earlier, we'll talk about grief support and things like that later. But thank you for asking me that question. I want to ask you the same. Yeah, I've been having like moments where it's just like, (gasps) why am I happy listening to music right now? Or why like just little things like, why am I like, how can I be happy when the person who gave me life is not living? Yeah. So it's one of those um, sentiments that I do have and I do actually feel because that's I'm like, oh, no. Or when something good happens to me, I'm like, oh, why did this happen? Like, oh. And we know that now, like, legit, now we know that bad things can happen. Mm -hmm. And that statement alone says so much. I I agree with you on that front, too. I think before I lost my mom, not think, I know, I was living in a very ideal state, right? Everything was kind of perfect. I didn't really have to worry about too much, but losing my mom really opened me up to the fact that anything really can happen. You know, it's like, it's one of those things that you know, but you don't understand it until it actually happens to you. Like, anything can happen. And for me, it's changed my perception on life in general. Like, it's like, okay, I could die tomorrow. And I'm okay with that, but I'm trying to make sure that while I'm here, I'm doing all that I can, if I can, but also being patient with myself when I can't show up for myself fully. And that's some of the, those are some of the ways that just mindset has changed for me. And I'm, it's crazy that like, you know, you say that now when I feel like with death, I feel like I'm ready. My mom did it. I can do it too. Yeah. And I feeling that way too I'm like oh she I can now what's up I have a she's waiting like you're gonna like stuff like that um so I've been feeling that way as well when it comes down to just just death in general Mm. and do you feel like for you and it might be a circumstantial thing again day by day but do you feel like that's something that has encouraged you to live more or has it is it something that's kind of encouraged you to be like okay it is what it is you know I'm just gonna be what I am and when the time comes, it comes. And I mean, who, who cares? Yeah. Right. I feel like when that happened, I definitely want to like live more. Okay. Girl, I'm booking vacations. I'm not even caring even about the money sense. Like I want to just do, I want to pay for experiences. Mm-hmm. I care about money, girl. I care about money budgeting. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Don't quote me y'all. Cause I know y'all probably would. I care about money, but I just, I would love to pay for more experiences. Okay. Um, to, you know, to have, and I've been doing a lot of those, those types of things and just taking myself here or there and basking in the moment and in the feeling, yeah. um, people that are grieving, like I take myself out, like I go out girl. I, I go now I go like different States now by myself. Yeah. So it's one of those where it's like, okay, I, I want, and I, I hate videotape and everything. Like I like enjoying the moment. Yeah, I definitely, I I definitely agree with you on that one. So again, like I mentioned at the end of this, I mean, the beginning of this conversation, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to get you off the phone. Um, as As I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, it's been a year since you lost your mom. And I'm just wondering, have you reached a point of acceptance? 
or do you still kind of wake up every day like this isn't real this isn't happening my mom has not passed that's a good question I think that I've reached a point of I think now like I've accepted it it took like a while I mean people don't accept some people just don't ever accept Mm -hmm. so but then that answer can vary day by day like today I feel like okay I can accept the fact Mm -hmm. that you know she's not hurting she's not feeling however she was feeling her last days which I don't know yeah and you know that she she always told me like I'm leaving you with my dad like but my parents were like married and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. and you know cute little family yeah same Uh, yes I girl I was scrolling (laughs) her dad she has her brother she has everybody they celebrated Christmas I was like oh on the floor uh but it's good that you have that support system because some people just don't have that kind of support system I wasn't in matching PJs with my family this year yeah um and I that's not how it's just me and my dad and I got a cat now so my cat is my grieving animal I love him so much because it just feels like he feels like a human being. Like, I feel like I have a child. Oh. Like, human. And, like, cats usually just are, don't bother you. But I, he has to sleep with me, sleep with my dad. You know, and me and my dad even says, like, that helps with the grieving process of having, like, another, like, being in here. So when I hear, like, footsteps, I would think, like, it's, well, it's, it is my cat. Yeah. But I'm home alone now. And it's just, at, fir- at first, I couldn't be home. Really? It was scary. So to see, to see me grow, oh, girl, my dad will leave and go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm at the gym lifting some type of weight at five o'clock. I couldn't be here passing their room. I couldn't pass their room. So it was like scary moments like that or using like even shopping as like a, let me go shopping because, or every Saturday I would go shopping. Now I've calmed down because I feel like it's not it. But um, so it's just like those coping mechanisms I was doing. But now I can be home by myself. I can sleep here by myself now. Mm-hmm. I can pass the room. I can go in the room. I can lay in the bed. I can go through her stuff. I can do. I can touch the, her thing. I can do that. For at first, heck no. You would not see. No, it was scary. And then the people just don't. When you grieve, people don't real, like realize like. Especially when you live with the person for so long. Yeah, yeah. I think I I resonate a lot with what you're saying because so for my mom, I didn't have an issue. You know, touching. Um, her clothes or being in her room or anything like that for me that brought me a lot of comfort but um, in my parents house I have my own bedroom and then we have a guest room and I have not slept in my bedroom since I lost my mom and I can't rationalize it yeah I've been sleeping in the guest room every single time I visit home um, because I'm originally from right outside of Philly and I live in New York but I have not I, I refuse to sleep in my bed and I don't know what it is. I don't know why. It's just something about me. Just I just can't. And so uh, I relate to you a lot in that way. I feel like your, you know, your avoidance initially makes a lot of sense. I think for me, when I think about it, it's like the last time my mom was here, I slept in my room and I don't know something about me going back to that space that I existed in before she past I don't know it just doesn't feel right to me so whenever I go home I stay in the guest room right yeah that's yeah that's how that's exactly how I feel I'm just like because you know I still have like her loafers in the in the bath um in the bathroom mm-hmm. I'm like I don't want to look yeah they're like you're anyway I'm like I don't care like I'm just I'm so like I mean I gotta keep something some type of um memory yeah. um but it, it's like definitely like one of 
one of those feelings just like just getting getting through it and it's just like I think as I get older it's like I'm about to hit my 30s next year what like when I think about weddings like oh watching tv watch I don't watch shows no more really I don't realize they talk about death and how much they talk about like parents and moms absolutely I'm like That's something that I realized and came to terms with too when I was watching shows, just how many mother-daughter, mother-child relationships exist, how many families exist on TV, how often they talk about death, how often my individual situation is mimicked on TV. And it's, it's crazy because the things that you watched before for entertainment now seem so irresponsible on the part of the writers because there's so much trauma and tragedy in TV shows that people actually go through on a daily basis. And before you experience it, a lot of times, I feel like it's kind of just for consumption. And then, um, you know, you experience something and it becomes your lived experience and it's harder to enjoy. Exactly. That's why I was just like, oh, I can't. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your experience with your dad, because, you know, my first interview was with my brother. Um, my second one was with my grandmother and my grandmother um, being the first woman that I talked to. She didn't have an experience Uh, like ours, where we had fathers in our lives. um, And then furthermore, fathers who are dealing with the loss of their wife. And so I would love to talk a little bit more about that with you, because I find myself, um, when it comes to my dad, I'm so much more protective. And I pay a lot more attention to his emotion and his mood than I used to. I would love for you to talk a little bit about your experience in that regard. Right. Um, I feel like, so I'm like, dang, like my dad lost his wife of they was they were gonna make thirty years last year. Wow. So I was just like, oh, I didn't know how to because I can just see that like he hides his feeling or he he hides it and he says oh, I'm I'm supposed to be strong for you. I'm like I'm supposed to be strong for you. What are you? Yeah. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Because it's just me and him. Yeah. So I'm a daughter. So I just tried to be there, you know, for, for him um, emotionally, you know, especially like the whole funeral arrangements, I took care of it. I didn't have, I, he didn't lift a finger. Mm. I was like, oh, I got this. Yeah. I got this. Aww. Like, I'm going to do this because I didn't want him. It was, that was just a lot. Like yeah. I was, I picked out the casket. I picked out this. I picked out the floral arrangements. I was doing this. I was doing that. And I was just like, just don't, just, just be there for me after that. Mm. Or like, you know, dealing with like, a lot of things, getting their marriage certificate, proving that he's the husband, proving that I'm the door. Like, wow. Well, the things um, that they don't prepare you for. I, I just wanted to take that off of him, and you know, and and I got I got him a cat, um, and he was like, he, oh my god, he was like, Tam, thank, you. like he'd be thanking me every day, like thank you for giving me this cat because it, it eases, you know, because I wanted to at least, I think that if we didn't have a cat, it would be a little bit more difficult. But wow. we have a cat that loves us and very smart. He'll knock like it's a cat. He'll knock with his paw oh, so to sweet. come in, sleep with that. Like it's just amazing. So I wanted to ease that, and then you know I talked to him about it, like every you know every week. Yeah. So so we talk about it like every week or how are you feeling? Do you want to go through your support group? How do you want to deal with this? How do you want to deal with that? Yeah. Because it you know like it can get it can get bad. He he deals with it on a different level. Definitely. Like, I got like. That's my mother, but they were like in love, intimate, like they have children, they got married. I know. It's 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 hard, but I I've been, you know, literally trying to push through it. Yeah, I mean and it sounds like you're doing a really great job. 
my brother and my dad are not necessarily talkers. I've noticed that my dad has become more talkative since losing my mom. You know, we have conversations about how we're feeling. But even with that, sometimes I try to tiptoe around the subject because I don't want to make him upset if he is not feeling that way. Um, And then in a lot of ways, I feel like I was very much, obviously I'm grown, but I feel like in some ways I was very much enacting that child parent sort of dynamic between both my parents and myself. And I think that that shield kind of got taken away immediately after I lost my mom, because you're starting to have grown up conversations about bills and money and thinking about, you know, your parents as people and not just your parents. And that's been such a journey for me. Me and my dad have actually gotten closer since everything happened, which I'm really grateful for. But I notice a lot that I have, you know, just kind of taken on a different role. You know, I want to make sure I feel like I'm I feel like the matriarch of the household now, which is something that I was not at all prepared for. Right. And it, it's it's been a really interesting experience. And I think it's so awesome that you got your dad a cat. We have a dog. We already had a dog named Cody, my mom's dog. And that has been my cat name is Coda. Oh, that's so cute. Look at that. Serendipity. <laughs> your dog's name is Cody. Cody. Yeah. That's my sister's dog's name, too. Wow. Look at that. All of in the mix. Yeah. Right after, like, um, my mom passed, they got a dog, and they named it Cody. Wow. Yeah, Cody has definitely been really helpful uh, for all of us when I'm home. And then, you know, my brother is still at home with my dad, and I know how much of a support that's been for both of them to just have, you know, him around. So um, I kudos to you for bringing that point up. But I want to touch back on something, you know, we briefly brought up earlier, which is grief support and therapy. Uh, I've been in therapy for a minute now since I lost my mom. I wasn't before, but I I started therapy about a month after and it's been great for me. And I wanted to talk a little bit about your experience with it as well. So I had a therapist and then I fired her. (laughs) I was over, I was over it because she said that she didn't know that my mom passed away. So the week that I had, I was going to have my session. She's like, I called you. I was like, you did not call me. Mm. You are lying me yeah and I was like I don't need you anymore my mom died so I thank you what was that so grief support groups is my is is like a new thing that I've been um going to so it's it's they're not in the U.S. these are UK grief support groups really that's the interesting part them UK the UK people I love y'all the way that they like as a like as a country how they how they handle everything is interesting and i want to share this with you and i want this is this is your thing but i I just wanted to see what you think about it Mm -hmm. so she talked about four ways that people deal with grief even though it's is not a subject she said flight so flight is workaholism overthinking anxiety panic ocd difficulty sitting still perfectionism Fight, anger outburst, control, explosive behavior, irritability, freeze, difficulty making decisions, stuck, isolating, numb, or fawn, which is my life. People pleaser, lack of identity, no boundaries, overwhelm, and codependent. Flight, fight, freeze, fawn, the four Fs. I think I'm pretty much all of them in some capacity. And that's what we all said. We were like, we are some of these in like all capacities. And to even, because she was saying how grief is a container of feelings. It's not just a feeling. It's a container of feelings. Wow. So grief being a container of feelings, and those are all of the feelings that, you know, people have had. Like they did a study and that's that's what everybody feels. 
So um, I said, uh-uh, I'm telling Danae this when I see her. Because I, cause I, cause you already asked me to be on the podcast. I'm like, I'm screenshotting that. Because I was like, whoa. I didn't, and I haven't seen it categorized like that. In that way. I don't think I have either. Thank you so much for sharing that with me and my listeners. Because, you know, everybody kind of has these ideas. Or initially, you know, the premise was the five stages of grief, which I feel like are more intersected than separate. You know, for a long time, that's kind of the way that people thought of the thing. And I, I love that, though, looking at it as a container and not a feeling, because that feels so much more authentic to the actual experience. That's why I was like, girl. And it was like a bunch. It was like a hundred of us. It was like a big group. And it was it, one thing I loved. Now, I'm going to ask you this, too. Okay. Because we, did, we, did, we didn't get to it. But I want to ask you this. What is your mother's name? Oh, Danette. Danette. My mother's name is Maddie. Okay. When people like talk about grief, they were saying like maybe you should talk about them, like say their name. So we'd be like my mom, that you know, like some stuff like that. Um, and you know, so we can get familiar with the name. Like you know, now I know your mother's name. I feel like I'm more like I, I you know, so I was like. Wow, I didn't think of it like that. Because people be like, oh, sorry for your loss with your mom or something. But your mom had a, a name um, and, 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 and an identity. So I want you to bask in that and think about that. That is so poignant because I would have, I never, I, I write down questions. I write down topics. I research the thing. I watch podcasts, listen to podcasts about grief all day, all the time. And one of the things that I never thought about was asking the name. Thank you so much for that admission to my show. Cause now you see you making me better. Um, but no, that's such a good point because when we do think about, you know, losing a person whether it's your mom and obviously this podcast is about mothers or mother figures but I think the the conversation is relevant regardless when we talk about grief and loss it really is oh I lost my mom oh I lost my dad oh I lost my you know brother and it does kind of erase that oneness that they, that that person has within themselves or their ownness or just their autonomy in general you know I'm saying my mom my mom my mom but she's also a person who I, that just like shook me because I'm going to really have to sit and think about that. And I don't want to get all emotional on the show, but that is a really great point. And I want to thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. For people who are looking for grief groups, where would you recommend that they search? I think if this is if I can't think that everybody has social media, mm-hmm. but if you guys do have Instagram, there's a lot of grief um, groups on Instagram that translate to Eventbrite free groups. Um, I think that's more was better for me. I follow a lot of grief, and I have my notifications on um, for like grief morning uh, groups. I don't listen to podcasts. Okay, um, I haven't done that. I do read books though. Mm-hmm. I'm a book. I'm a book reader. Okay. I read some. I read some grief books, and um, I would definitely say because I don't know what it's like to just Google like grief support groups. Like I don't know what happens with that, yeah. but I know how universal it is on Instagram, and not I'm not not too much Twitter, and you know, and Facebook too. Okay. Facebook. I would say Facebook, Facebook and and Instagram is where I found like where I should be. I've been to a couple of grief, grief groups and it's been um, very, uh, it's been it's been nice. It's been, it, we're all going through it. Even people who lost like anybody. People, I, I'm pretty sure there was a person in it that lost an animal and they couldn't even get their lives together. So it's not, it's not real. It's not just people. It's like animals too. People break down and can't handle if they lost their dog or cat or whatever type of animal so just to even see how how that is but i'm glad that i i 
I brought that up to, to your attention so you can, you know, have that. Yeah, no, think about. Th- thank you so much for that. I feel like it's kind of going to change the way that I even approach these conversations or just my conversations with myself or even the way that I talk about her. Because I, I have a necklace that says her name, but I don't think about her name that much. I'm going to actually, nobody's like, oh, so what, what was your mom? Nobody talks like that. Yeah. And, you, and, and that says that, you know, I'm, but I'm, me, I'm learning. Mm. So when some, but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely learning when it comes down to dealing with it. Like, I know somebody came to me, they were talking about their grief with their, with their child. And when I said their child's name, they went, they said, I got to go. They're like, you really sat there, you really looked, yeah, I want to see what your child's name is. It's your son and your daughter, but what's, 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 what was his name? I want to know, like, you know, and just to hear their name or see their name means a lot. How do you think that that subtle difference would change the way that people approach grief or their feelings in general around the subject? I think it definitely changes the, the atmosphere of the conversation because honestly, this, I'm talking from my perspective and my feelings. Um, when you hear your mother's name or you speak your mother's name or anybody speaking their grieving loved one's name it feel as if they're like it's warm it's warm when you say it yeah and I I I just it's just it's just a feeling where it's just like yeah Maddie this Maddie that like even though we call them mom but for people like she would be Maddie to you right um or Miss Heath but I'm Miss Heath <laughs> you know what I mean? but it's just, it's just like it just feels as if we're really talking about their existence they live they live their whole they live their lives on earth they have an you know in, in existence and it just brings it afloat and it gives it that warm like an equator feeling mm. with that warm equator feeling I love that I love like symbolism and things like that so thank you so much for bringing that into my lexicon we were talking a little bit about community earlier right you know you found these grief support groups you've talked to people what was that community like for you before you searched and did the research on your own? Did you feel alone in your grief? Were there other people who you felt like you could relate to at the time? Were you the only person who lost a mom? What was that experience like for you? One of my other friends lost a dad. So I like walked, went to her right away. Uh-huh. Like, what do I do? Yeah. People have lost their parents and um, stuff like that. But I felt like who in the media that's like me that lost their mother? Like I had a thing, I was thinking of it like, you know, because um, I, I feel like everybody that I, well, now that I'm opening up about it, a lot of people have lost their mm-hmm. and I didn't. And I'm just like, whoa, so I'm not the only one. I was just speaking to somebody earlier who was just chatting and they lost their mother. I'm like, I would never, whoa, since, yeah. whoa, mm-hmm. wow. So we would, I'm just like, this is, you know, and they're in the media. So just like, we are, you know, it's definitely more common than what you think. Because even when I was, I was hosting a show all of the girls there did not have at least one parent wow and I'm like we're young like we're we're in our late 20s early 30s but just to see like them talking about grief and how they navigate through that and on a daily basis because something that this is we're gonna always feel this this doesn't like you said this doesn't we don't move on from it and I'm gonna bring this up <laughs> and be honest Time doesn't heal anything. Period. Thank you. Let's speak on it. As time passes, it gets easier, ma'am. Yeah. Sir. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. I don't. I don't feel that. Like that. That. That time heals. Like it's not. I still feel when I lost my grandmother ten years ago. Right. People are feeling 
lost their mother 20 years ago. Right. I'm 17 years without my mom. I'm this, like, that's, that makes it, it just, I don't think it feels, I don't think it gets more gentle or more like, no, it's still a thing that I have to go through on a daily basis. Like, what, but people do grief differently. People probably think that time heals everything, but I didn't, I did make a blank of a statement, like, no. But um, for you, that's just feel that way. Yeah, that's how I feel for Tiana, guys. For me, yeah. And as Danae, I remember one of the first things I said after I lost my mom. I'm 26. One of the first things I said was, "Oh my God, I am going to have more years without my mom than I have with her." And that's something that I think about constantly. Whether I'm having a good day, a bad day, an in between day, I don't know how I feel. The one constant is that I'm like, I am going to have more time without her than with her. And so when people say, you know, time heals all, but I'm with you on that note. Again, you know, everybody is everybody and whatever feels right for you feels right for you. But I, there's certain things like that, that I just wish people would stop saying, because I think it's, you know, let people come to terms with how they're feeling on their own. Let people you know, kind of feel out the experience. And if time doesn't heal all, because I I mean, if you tell that to somebody and they don't feel that way, it could make them feel crazy, you know? So I think that it's really important to kind of let people experience um, grief and everything uh, the way that works for them. You know, my grandma, like I said, she was one of my first episodes. She lost her mom over 40 years ago and still feels it. And so that's why I'm like, "Mm." and the real, that realization is terrifying but it's real. It's real. And there's no way to get around it. Unfortunately, it is the circumstance for the rest of our lives. And and that's what the, you know, that's kind of just what it is, Um, which is part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place. And I'm so honored that you took the time out to even talk to me. I wanted to ask you, though, what made you decide to come on? Because I know earlier you said you're not a person who's necessarily so enthralled in your emotion all the time. And, you know, you might have other things going on and you're a busy woman. So I was just curious to know, you know, what compelled you to come on? I was, for some reason, I was so excited when, shout out to Cortland, when she told me, I'm like, I want to be on. I want to do it. I, I would love it. I would love to be on. It's, it's because we don't have these spaces. Uh, well, I don't think... I, I don't, you know what? I don't want to say that. Maybe we do, and I'm just not finding it. Yeah, same. I think I think that's better to say, honestly, because I don't want to say, "Oh, black people don't talk about therapy." No, we do. We just have to find it. Right. Like, you know, I don't want to. Therapy is dead. No, it's not dead. You have to listen to it. Yeah. So, um, it was just one of those where it's close to home. I I want to talk to. I would love. I would love to ha- to have a conversation with somebody who can get a fraction or feel a fraction of what I'm feeling. Yeah, it's comforting. And right, it's comforting. Um, it's, you know, we, we, we're going through maybe the same sentiments, uh, we're, we're learning from each other. Um, we are, you know, it's, it's a great conversation. And I felt like with you, your work, everything that you have been doing and, and how you take your stuff serious, before, even before your mom was, you know, before, you know, your mom passed and then now, and you're still thriving. I'm looking at, I'm like catch, catching up with you. I'm like, yeah. I saw your presentation. I'm like, this is something like I definitely want to be a part of and I want to be on. And I really don't do appearances or talk to different people because that's just, you know, but this is a a matter that's so big in my life. It's going to stay big. And people would bring this up for the next couple of maybe months or years or so because I'm making it more apparent like about grief and I'm being more unapologetic about it. Like, yeah, I'm grieving every day. One day I'm sad, one day I'm not. Yeah. Hmm. And that's real. And, and it's real. And I felt like I needed, I feel like my voice 
on this podcast would say would be volume. Yeah. And I feel still feel this way, girl. I'm I'm like I, I wanna say I was like I have to I have to come on. I'm like, give me a date, time, where do you need where do you need me? I'm there. I have to. It was no turning this down. Oh. It's a tough topic. People can't people can't do a lot of women and men can't do this. It's a tough topic because you know we got through this without showing the sides that when we close the laptop, how we're gonna feel. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we can both do that together. Yeah. Very comfortable. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to let you go in a second. But again, you know, I, I, as I noted at the beginning of this conversation, you're such a prolific person. You do a whole bunch of things, whether it's red carpet or interviewing celebrities or whomever you're interviewing or mentoring. You've definitely made it a point to persevere despite um, adversity. And I just want to ask you, you know, for the people who are listening, who might not know how to do that, what advice would you give them? Or what would you tell them that you did that helps you kind of wake up every morning and, and do what you have to do? I love it. I love that you asked that because people, I get those questions. I go to the gym five days a week. I don't drink now. I mean, well, for now, <laughs> 107 days. I know because once I'm on a island with the drink in my hand, I don't want to hear nothing from nobody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's just I just feel myself closer to like where I want to be I'm like I feel like I'm like this close and every single day I'm waking up like I'm like my body's changing because I'm in the gym my mental is changing and that that also that gym stuff helps with your mental well mine at least Mm -hmm. because I'm like in there and I see these changes I'm like oh I got a little bit of abs or I got a little bit of muscle or something like I'm like I'm doing something with my life and then do Coming back out with T Talk, that has been. I stopped T Talk for one year because of what, my, what happened with my mom. Wow. Some people are like, oh, when are you gonna come back on? Didn't know what happened. I'm like, my mom, my mom died. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like they're like, oh my god. Like yeah. Yeah. So just one of those like, no, I'm coming back with this and gonna continue with the vengeance, and I'm not playing with these people. Mm. I'm not playing because I'm I'm back and I'm better, and I cannot wait to. You know, I've gained a few thousand followers on social media after my mom passed. So they haven't really seen. Or throughout the pandemic, I gained like 5,000 followers. Mm -hmm. So they haven't seen even the T-Talk in the studio. They've seen the live, but they haven't seen the T-Talk in studio doing things. So it's going to be different. Everything's going to be different. And I know she's watching. I know she's here. I know she's, she watch. I'm going to have like that big interview or that big thing or, we follow each other yeah we're gonna see each other absolutely we're gonna see each other well tiana i love this so much i'm gonna let you go i i want to thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me today before you go though do you want to drop your socials do you want to say anything before we say goodbye so before i go (laughs) um yes my my socials is miss t talk on everything m-s-t-e-e-t-a-l-k on literal everything i was lucky then 2012 i i made that name and it's Nobody has it in the world. Wow. So there we go, Miss Tito. Wow, we love proactivity. Well, Tiana, I want to thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Damn Mom. Really? You have been in such amazing guests and you have taught me some things to think about differently. And I really appreciate that. Um, but without further ado, I'm gonna let you go. And I cannot wait to see Miss T Talk and everything you have going on. Thank you so much. And I thank you again for having me. I cannot wait 
to, to hear this again. I'm going to listen to this again when it comes back out. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review and a comment. It's super, super helpful to us. And as promised, there's a relaxing cool down slash guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in five, four, three, two. Welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you. Chronic pain can be very hard to handle, but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering, we tend to aggravate this pain, thus increasing it. Then every time we feel the sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain, and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, breathe in as much as you can and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, inhale deeply and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed. Good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now. Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas, really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them, just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good, you're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place like on top of a gorgeous mountain or somewhere you frequently go like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. 
Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky. Which way is the light of the sun coming into your imagination? Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great. To relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do? See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings, and whenever you're ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.